Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about being in a cut over summer because this is something that I've recently been going through. And I also want to share with you a bit about how I adapted my nutrition strategy recently when we were traveling. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So summer seems to be that time of year where many people, they want to look good and it only makes sense, right? I mean, you know, it's hot, you're wearing less clothes, oftentimes bathing suits, stuff like that you know what I'm talking about here, right? Like there's just a change. There's just something that happens in the summer. So at the same time though, it can definitely be really hard because there are more opportunities to eat out, you know, go out to barbecues, go to a pool party. And usually during those events, there is food. And oftentimes I think what can also happen is because it's kind of like out of your routine or out of your normal schedule. Sometimes what can happen too is that you're just like, well, I can't be consistent in the gym. So why am I even doing anything? It's kind of like that all or nothing mentality. So I want to share with you kind of what my approach is when I'm in these situations. And hopefully you can apply some of the concepts that I'm going over and make them work for you. So some things that I have personally tried when it comes to like summer and just trying to stay in shape and also continue to be consistent in the gym and things like that is something that is referred to as intuitive eating, or I just kind of talk about it as eating intuitively. And this can look like a variety of different things. It's kind of based upon, you know, what is your specific goal right now? For me, it's making sure that I'm eating enough and that I am able to get through my training sessions and I'm actually making strength progressions. You know, for you, it might just mean that you're eating intuitively and the scale isn't fluctuating much. You're maintaining the fat loss achievements that you have achieved thus far and that you're not going backwards. You know, it can kind of be whatever you want it to be. But the biggest thing is, is finding some way of self-monitoring yourself other than tracking your food. And so this might be, you know, measurements. It might be progress photos. It might be strength progressions in the gym. But if you're just quote unquote, eating intuitively, and you're not tracking anything, then that's really not a very effective strategy. All right. So I went off on a tangent about that, but let's talk about if you're in a fat loss phase, eating intuitively is probably not going to work. But if you are at maintenance, it works really great. You know, when it comes to summer, summer anyway, I have found that if you want to be in a deficit, shorter periods of time in a deficit can really help. So this might look like two to three weeks in a deficit and then take a week or two off. Ultimately, I will say that it does slow the fat loss process down a bit, but if you can be really accurate and really into it for two to three weeks, knowing that you don't have to be as accurate in a week or two, you can make some really great progress with that approach. Now, the reason that I bring that strategy up is because this is what I did from February to June of this year, 2023, if you are listening at a later time, and I was able to drop 
almost 10 pounds and over four inches during this time. Now I was doing a very small deficit. I did not have much to lose. If you follow my social media, you might know that I was in the 67.5 kilogram powerlifting weight class last year in 2022, but then I kind of decided that I wanted to see if I could get up into the 75 kilogram class. And so I started a second bulking phase and or a second surplus phase. And ultimately I kind of decided after being in that for say six to eight months that that weight class is probably just not a good fit for me right now. And mostly it's because I wasn't really gaining a ton of strength in the gym. I mean, you know, maybe five or 10 pounds. If I would have seen significant strength progressions, then I think I would have continued doing it. But ultimately I was just accruing more body fat than I wanted. And I wasn't seeing the associated performance gains. So for right now, I decided to go back to the 67.5 and I'm honestly much happier there. So again, I did want to go into a small cut, but I didn't want to do it in a steep way. Like I wanted to just have a ton of flexibility. And honestly, I do well with two to three, four week cuts followed by one or two weeks of maintenance. And the way that I structure this is with my training. So usually I have four week training blocks and the first two weeks of the block are a little bit lower intensity, lower volume. And so those are the weeks that I would cut. And then my last two weeks of the block, higher volume or higher intensity or both, then I wanted to make sure I had enough you know, fuel coming in in the form of food. So I would eat at maintenance during those times. And that way I was able to recover well and I wasn't fatigued, you know, all month going into my training. So that worked really well. Another example of how to make a cut easier in the summer is doing something like just tracking calories, protein, and fiber instead of tracking all the full macros. So in the summer, there are way more carbs and fats available. You know, I'm sorry, but it is true. You know, sure, there are barbecues and things like that where you can get in a ton of protein, but there are a ton of opportunities for sweets, you know, around the summer. Like, for example, like going out for ice cream or somebody makes like a fresh pie with seasonal berries and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So having a calorie, a protein and a fiber goal gives you a ton of freedom to adjust your carbs and fats up and down. As long as you're staying within that calorie goal, or if you're using like a calorie goal range, for example, like say a range of about 100 calories on either side, then it makes it easier where you can just adjust those carbs and fats based upon kind of like the environment or, you know, if it's a weekend or something like that. I have a couple of clients that are using this approach right now, in fact, and they're doing great. And they've both mentioned, you know, how well they enjoy having that flexibility each week. So the other thing I wanted to touch on in this episode that is related to what I was talking about here, but also is related to making these adjustments when summer happens is kind of looking at your nutrition strategy as a whole. Now, when I talk about nutrition strategy, like this is basically referring to your overall nutritional habits and routines. So when I was traveling recently, I did not want to be in a cut during the time that we were gone. And mostly this was because I knew I was not going to necessarily have full control over everything that I was eating just because I wasn't the main 
person in the kitchen. I wasn't doing all the meal planning. So I decided that I was going to go ahead and track, but I was just going to ignore my calorie and my macro goals. Now, what I ultimately did is that I just tried to stay somewhere around my calorie range. Now, I would say most days I did pretty decent. I would say I was anywhere from like you know, say 100 to 300 ish within my range. And when I say range, like I was definitely above, I sure the heck was not below my calorie goal. And then I also made sure that I was hitting my protein and my fiber. I just kind of let carbs and fats do whatever. So the reason why I wanted to specifically make sure that I was hitting my protein and my fiber is because I know if I keep my protein high and if I keep my fiber high, it's way easier for me to be able to control those carbs and fats because I'm able to stay satiated much longer. Versus if my protein wasn't very high, I wasn't eating many fruits and vegetables and keeping that fiber high, then yeah, I'm going to definitely be hungrier more. And usually when you're more hungry or you have those more frequent bouts of hunger, then you're more apt to grab for like those easy things, which are usually higher in carbs and fats. And then that's just kind of a recipe for completely blowing out your calories for the day. Now, ultimately, I think I had one day where I was like a thousand calories over and that was the day of my birthday. So we had pizza out that night. We had ice cream at this homemade ice cream place. And I did estimate what I was eating. So the 1000 calorie overestimation is obviously an estimate, but I definitely was nowhere near (laughs) where I should have been. Um, And when I say should have, like there's no shame associated with that. It's just, that's where my, you know, current maintenance was at, which right now it's about like 22, 2300. Now, I would say here's another strategy. So if you're new to the idea of intuitive eating, like I talked about before, this could definitely be another approach that you could use. And I specifically really like using it for traveling because if you're somebody, and this is me sometimes, who just doesn't want to have to mess with estimating or tracking your food during that time, then this is a way where you can still have a nutrition strategy that you're using. And so you feel like you're on track and you're not, you know, off plan, if you will, but it's also not so specific that you have to worry about like hitting these numbers or taking the time to track your food and stuff like that. So what I mean by that is doing something like this you know, say 30 to 40 grams of protein with all your meals. Now I'm not saying you have to track it, but if you have tracked long enough, you're going to know what is about 30 to 40 grams. And so you can just estimate that in your head visually with what you're putting on your plate. And then also regular meal timing. So eating every three to four hours, trying to avoid those big gaps in time because that's when hunger is going to strike up. And then once that extreme hunger is there, then it's so hard to control it. And so anything that is like in sight it's like in the belly because it's like, I'm so hungry. I don't even care what I eat. Just give me food. So definitely that regular meal timing every three to four hours. Now I did personally choose to maintain my training while I was gone. 
But if I can't fit it in, like if I am in a situation where I can't do it, that's fine too. The one thing I would say here is I don't adjust my nutrition. I will just continue eating maintenance or around maintenance. I'm making sure that I'm staying hydrated as much as I can, that kind of a thing. But I don't back off on my food. I have done that in the past. And then when I do come away from that travel, I get back home. I am very under-recovered because I haven't been fueling myself appropriately. So for me, my current goal at maintenance, or at least I'm in maintenance now, um, not related to the deficit, but at maintenance, my current cardio goal is 40 minutes of zone two per week. So if you don't know what zone two is, it's zone two cardio. It's 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. You can certainly just do like a quick Google lookup and figure out where that is at. For me, it was just going for a walk outside. Like it was kind of like a faster walk. Um, I was actually walking through a cornfield. So there were a lot of obstacles and I didn't really have to move very fast just because I was having to like pick up my legs a lot. It was almost kind of like, kind of like marching. And so that automatically put me into zone two. So I maintained that, I took the dog for a walk a couple of the afternoons and other days like our family went out and did walking and stuff like that. And then the rest of my cardio for the week is about like 80 minutes or so of zone one, which is going to be 50 to 60% of my maximum heart rate. And no, I don't track all of these sessions. I don't track zone one. What I do track is zone two. Um, I'll just start up my watch, make sure that my heart rate is within that zone and I will track zone two, but I do not track how many minutes I'm in zone one. I just make sure that I'm getting out for a walk of at least like say 10 to 15 minutes per day on average, five days a week. And that puts me at about like 9,000 steps per day. Now that is a summer, that is a summer step goal. For me in the winter, I am definitely not getting that much. And so therefore like my intake, my nutrition intake is definitely lower during that time. So just kind of keep that in mind. All right. So in summary, if you're looking to cut over the summer, possibly try, you know, try two to three week cuts to make them more manageable for you, to help you to be more adherent. Or another option would be just kind of shifting those goals to calories, protein, and fiber. And then when it comes to travel nutrition strategy, you know, track if you want to, but you don't have to necessarily track to hit goals. Like just track to make sure that you're hitting goals that are important to you. For me, it's personally making sure that I'm getting close on that protein and fiber if I do decide that I'm going to track while I'm away. Or you could just switch to fully eating intuitively, focusing on having protein and fiber with all of your meals, regular meal timing, not tracking anything, that kind of a thing. So that's it for today. I hope that this helps you be more successful in a cut this summer if that's something that you're working on, as well as cultivating some more peace of mind around your nutrition when you're traveling or if you're out of town. If you have any questions or if you're looking for coaching support, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, take care and I will catch you in the next one. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.